0: This is Total Information AM on KMOX with Carol Daniel. I'm Tom Ackerman. Astronomers never stop looking to the stars for new discoveries. And one of the latest may be very much like Earth. They've located an Earth-like planet some 31.2 light years away. That seems very far. (laughs) making it the sixth closest possible Earth-like planet found by astronomers. What does this all mean? Will we ever see this planet or even visit it? Joining us this morning, Eric Gustafson. Great to have him back. Senior educator at the McDonald Planetarium. Eric, how are you this morning?
1: Pretty good. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing well. Do I have this right? Where is this new planet? What's it called? What's going on here?
1: Uh, It's a planet called Wolf. 1069 b. The nomenclature is pretty standard for planets. It's the star name, and then as they find planets, they get letters starting with b and then so on. So this is a star that's found in the constellation uh, Cygnus. It's a fairly faint star, even though it's very close to us, because it's what's known as a red dwarf star, which is the smallest and most common kind of star that's been found to date.
2: So are we just scanning the universe, and, you know, like, we we then back up, like, wait, what was that? And and see something? I mean, how did astronomers locate Wolf?
1: Well, Wolf uh, 1069 was discovered quite some time ago in a more historic survey. The planet itself was found with a survey called Carminus. Uh, It's a survey that's designed to study about 300 small mass Uh, red dwarf stars, uh, looking for Earth-like planets orbiting them. Being the most common kind of star out there, uh, as they start to find more of these, it'll help refine the possibility of how many Earths could be out there.
0: What defines Earth-like? What what do they look for uh, in that situation?
1: Ultimately, Earth-like means rocky and about the same mass uh, as the Earth. It can be a little less, a little more. Uh, As you start to get a little too much mass... the the planet that begins to develop would likely be very different. So think of planets like Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. These became much more massive, so they also took a whole lot more gas as they were forming from the leftover solar nebula. Uh, So they became the gas giants of our solar system, whereas the smaller rocky bodies, as they were forming, they took less gas. And they're the planets we see today.
2: That's the name of my college band, smaller rocky bodies. (laughs) (laughs) I had to say that. I had to say that. (laughs) So tell me the level of excitement uh, when something like this happens for you and for others like Uh, you. The
1: the discovery of new planets is always pretty exciting. Uh, The very first exoplanets, those are planets that orbit stars other than the sun, Uh, they were first confirmed in 1992. But certainly long before that, astronomers had expected there would be planets orbiting other stars. Since 1992, over the last 30 years, the number's gone from 3 to 5,243 the last time I checked. Uh, Of that, only about 159 are considered terrestrial. Uh, Terrestrial is another way to say Earth-like, so those small, rocky bodies, very similar in mass to the Earth. What makes this one particularly interesting is it's also within what's called the habitable zone, which means it's where in that solar system potentially liquid water could exist on the surface.
0: I have two questions for you. The first one is, how long does it take uh, to reach the moon? And then I'll ask a second one.
1: It takes about three days.
0: So 31.2 light years. I mentioned that in the beginning. Uh, That seems very far. More than three
1: days. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That that is extremely far.
0: So how long uh, would that
1: take? Uh, Conventional technology, many, many lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just maybe to put the number into perspective, a light year is the distance light travels in one year. Uh, It's about six trillion miles.
2: mm. Pack some snacks. So, Eric, every time I have these kinds of conversations or read these kinds of stories, I think that... Now, on one hand, we are looking at Earth. Um, I don't n- not as a dying planet, but Earth for some is in trouble. And then on the other hand, some may think all these discoveries are about us getting away from Earth or having another place to go.
1: Um, I mean, that's certainly part of it. You know, just by nature, we are explorers. We are curious, and that's probably never going to change. But the flip side of that is by learning about other Earth-like planets, it helps us better understand planet Earth. For thousands of years we've been looking to the stars and we've learned a lot in doing this. Uh, It's a big part of what kind of made society what it is today. And even just looking at the rocky planets in our solar system has helped us understand why Earth is the special place it is. Why is Mars like it is? Why is Venus like it is? As we learn this type of stuff, we're now Uh, applying that to the planets orbiting other stars, which, again, just helps us better understand our own home in the solar system.
0: Eric Gustafson is the senior educator at the McDonald Planetarium. It is an iconic structure Mm -hmm. right off of 64 here in St. Louis. It's been around a long time, over 50 years, right, Eric? Almost 60?
1: Yeah, this year will be the 60th anniversary. Wow.
2: How do we celebrate?
1: Um, well, we talk about it all the time. That's our first step. And there'll probably be some stuff throughout the year. If you uh, look at our website, I'm sure some events will start to uh, pop up related to it.
2: What What is the, the average question that you get about being a senior educator at the planetarium?
1: Uh, I mean, it, it varies. It, it could be as simple as, wow, you have a neat job. What do you think of it? Or It could be, what's the nature of the universe? It all just depends on the person we encounter.
2: That is, that's a great, that's a great conversation starter. So, Eric, uh, would you like a glass of wine and what is the nature of the universe? (laughs) That's (laughs) a big one. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time, exactly. I feel like...
1: To exist is the basic nature.
2: Yeah, I
0: feel like no question's a bad question, really, when it comes to astronomy and the sky. I mean, my kids... We'll look up there. And I, I love the fact that we can put devices away and actually just stare at mm-hmm. the stars and ask questions about how far is this? How did this get here? Um, when you look up and, and when you talk to people about the stars, I mean, what do you discuss? I mean, if I were to look into the sky tonight on a clear night, and tonight won't be that night, uh, we're going to get some clouds and a little bit of rain overnight. But, um, you know, where do you start? And, you know, one thing that I explained to my daughter about. She said, how come when we're away from St. Louis and we're out, let's say, mm-hmm. oh, in, yeah. in a rural area, right. you can see the stars so much better? And I told her it's the glow from the city lights. Is that is that correct?
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the more cities grow, the more lights they produce. And unfortunately, as a species, we are not very good at seeing in the dark. So uh, we learn to manipulate our environment and create artificial light, which unfortunately causes a loss of what we see. And beyond that, um really, the loss of the night sky is a symptom of something called light pollution, which beyond just losing views of the sky, we also see impacts on the environment, on economies, even on human health. So it is it is a serious topic that, you know, I don't think city lights are ever going away. Right. But it is, it is something that people are exploring. How can we mitigate it to some extent?
2: Uh, Eric, tell us what is available at the planetarium. When can the public come? And, uh, and how can they be involved, more involved?
1: In terms of light pollution?
2: No, no, no. In terms of just coming to, to spend time at the planetarium, what's available? And when can they go? Uh,
1: uh, uh, daily, the, any day we're open, we have several star shows throughout the afternoon that range in topics. Uh, we've got one that is more ideal for kind of early beginning astronomers. We have a general observing show. We've got a couple others that dive into some denser ideas. Uh, We also have telescope nights once a month that uh, uh, we host uh, in uh, collaboration with uh, the local astronomy club, the St. Louis Astronomical Society. Those are part of our first Friday events. Uh, We'll probably start doing some solar observing here probably around springtime as we prepare for the solar eclipse coming up this year. And then there's another one next year we can see as well.
0: They have an amazing projector. The Zeiss Mm -hmm. projector can move those stars 10,000 years forward or backward in time. It's amazing what they do inside the planetarium located at the Science Center in Forest Park, and they've been doing it since 1963. Eric Gustafson, we appreciate the info. Thank you very much on the new planet that has been discovered 31.2 light years away.
1: Thanks for having us.